Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And we want you to be able to interpret your world, understand what's going on, understand what's going on in your own soul, so that you can take every thought captive, so that you can bring every feeling, every thought, every encounter you have under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's our goal, to help you live more effectively as a Christian in our society as we make disciples um, for the glory of God. Now, one of the tools that we're offering you to do this is what we call Theology for Everyone, where we're working through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, this, the Westminster Confession of Faith, just as a reminder, it's a little systematic theology, and it's a great place to go to get a good foundation for a biblical worldview, a good foundation for what the Bible teaches. And so I think every Christian should work their way through some little book like this and listen to it or read it and look up some of the scriptures to help you uh, understand the different aspects of Christian or the, the different doctrines that the Bible teaches. Mm. Now, we've been doing this for a while now. We're on chapter 13. We're almost halfway through this book. So, man, we're just plugging away a little bit at a time. Today, we're going to look at chapter 13 on sanctification, and we're just going to look at article one. And um, if you remember back, we've, we talked about adoption last week. Before that, we were talking about justification. What we're doing is we're working through what you could call the, the chain of salvation. We're, we, we looked at effectual calling that begins the process. We looked at justification, and then we looked um, at adoption, and now we're looking at sanctification. And the Westminster Divines um, wrote it this way. And it's a long paragraph, so we'll read it through. And then we'll come back through, work through it a little slowly, and check out some scriptures. They who are effectually called and regenerated, having a new heart and a new spirit created in them, are farther sanctified, really and personally, through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection, by his word and spirit dwelling in them, the dominion of the whole body of sin is destroyed. And the several lusts thereof are more and more weakened and mortified. And they more and more quickened and strengthened in all saving graces to the practice of true holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Mm. Man, that's such a good definition of, I mean, this is just article one on sanctification. But that is so dense and so rich, and there's so much good meat there. So let's get down into it. Um, they who are effectually called, now remember, effectual calling 
is when the Holy Spirit, I mean, God calls us to himself, mm. right? Through the Holy Spirit and probably the preached word or the read word or something. God calls us to himself in such a way that we will respond and regenerate it. That means the Holy Spirit, usually accompanying the word, comes to us and gives us faith. He gives us faith to believe. And when we believe, we are regenerated. We have a new heart. We have a new spirit within us. Like we, that's, that's what happens to him or to us. So we've already talked about that. Effectually called, regenerated, having a new heart and a new spirit created in them. Now listen, this is what it's about. Are farther sanctified. Sanctify is a biblical word. It means to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be made holy. So here is the dilemma. And this is the difference between us as Reformed Orthodox Christians and Catholics. Us, Reformed Christians, believe that we are, in the words of Martin Luther, simul justus et peccator, simultaneously <coughs> just and sinners. We are declared righteous by God through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection yeah. in, our, in our place. So we are declared just, and yet we are still, and declared righteous, and yet we're still sinners. Mm -hmm. Catholics believe that's an impossibility. Catholics believe you are, not, you are not righteous and you are not justified until you are actually righteous. So I have to be good enough in my own power before God justifies me. Well, they won't necessarily... They'll, they'll sneak in something they call prevenient grace yes, or something no. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll... But, so they'll never... Oh, no, gee, you know... Or he's restored in man enough of his original goodness that he can actually do this type of work himself. But so they'll always say, yeah, you need the grace of God. But yes, ultimately that's what caused the great separation between uh, Luther and, and the Reformation and the, and the Catholic Church is that we believe that God declares us righteous. He doesn't make us righteous in that moment. He declares us righteous. But through the process of sanctification process of sanctification is him making us more and more righteous. Mm. Okay, so, so we've been effectually called, we've been regenerated, we've been justified, now we're being sanctified really and personally through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. So we have a text for that? Yes, we have Philippians 3, 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So becoming like him. That's the process. That's part of the process of sanctification. We got any other text? Or we just do one on that one. Just one on that one. Okay. We had some more there, but we could have went to. Okay. So Jesus' death and resurrection purchased this for us we once we have been made right with God we are going to become more and more and more like him 
that process of becoming more and more and more like Jesus is the process of sanctification, okay? Mm -hmm. That happens because of what Jesus did on the cross by virtue of his death and resurrection, but there's also other means. By his word and spirit dwelling in them or Mm -hmm. in us. Text for that? Yeah, John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So God's word sanctifies us. As God, God's word dwells in us richly, it produces more and more fruit, right? Yeah. And so we are sanctified by the virtue of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, and we are being sanctified by his word and by his spirit dwelling in us. Now, that means it doesn't necessarily just happen all on its own. We are commanded to read the word of God, memorize the word of God, know the word of God. As we come to know the word of God and, and, and love it and and obey it, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. We are being sanctified. So why is it that some people, um, you know, when it talks about coming more and more like Christ, they they try to only talk about the good parts instead of the suffering? Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. I think it's probably human nature. Mm. Human nature, you know, that's not the, yeah. I just think, you know. That's not the fun stuff that people want to hear. And it's contrary to what's going, what, what our culture, you know, our culture wants to avoid suffering. I mean, obviously, I think human nature, we just want to avoid suffering at right. all costs. You know what I mean? But it's almost as if those are the same people that are saying, like, let's just talk about the grace and the love of God, but let's not talk about sin. Mm. Yeah, mm. for sure. There's a, there's a whole group of Christians that that think that you you that Christians, like, like you shouldn't confess your sins on Sunday morning, that we talk about sin too much, um, that we should just talk about the happy-go-lucky stuff. And honestly, most of those Christians have, their sanctification process has been completely hijacked. Mm-hmm. They're not growing in the, they're not growing in grace. They're not growing in more and more Christ-likeness mm-hmm. because one of the pieces to growing in Christ-likeness is seeing your specific sins and seeking God's grace to put them to death, turning from them and living differently. They gotta have that gospel centered lens. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about a podcast ago. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so, um, okay, so so this is by virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. It's happening by His Word and Spirit dwelling in them. Now listen to this: the dominion of the whole body of sin is destroyed. Now, what this means is, um, before we are, when, when Paul says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, it means we're physically alive, but we're spiritually dead. Mm. It means we're under the dominion of sin. Paul says we are slaves of sin, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. When we are saved by Jesus Christ, when God justifies us and regenerates us and adopts us, yeah. he cuts those chains of dominion. We are no longer enslaved to sin. We are no longer under the dominion of sin. So that means where before we could do nothing but sin, now we can fight sin. We can resist sin. We can um, obey God. Mm -hmm. We have that power through the spirit and through the word of God and through the new man that, that Jesus Christ has given us. We've been born again, right? Yeah. We have a text for that? Yeah, Romans 6, verses 6 and 14. 
We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And then verse 14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law but grace. Yeah. Now this means we can't use this, well, I'm just a sinner, as an excuse. Yes, we know you're a sinner, but you're not just a sinner. You're actually a saint now too. Yeah. So that means we can't just blame it on the devil. We can't just blame it on our sinful nature. Yeah. That the chains have been cut. The old man has been crucified. The new man lives inside of us. And now we need to live out more and more and more out of that new man. And yeah. keep, you know how I say it around here, keep our foot on the throat of the old man. Yeah. Right? That's what we have to do. Okay. And the several lusts thereof are more and more weakened and mortified. Okay. Weakened. So our lusts, our sins, our sinful desires are more and more weakened and mortified. Mortified means put to death. It's mortification. We don't use this word too often, mortify, but it means to put it to death. So we've been set free from the dominion of sin. Our chains have been cut. We are no longer slaves of sin, but sin will still affect us. And we and we have and those lusts are more and more weakened and mortified as we grow, as we're sanctified. Mm, okay? Yeah, yeah. So this is an interesting point we all begin somewhere mm -hmm. and some people begin in worse spots than others. Right. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by begin somewhere? So when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. we all begin somewhere. Let's say, so if you were raised in a Christian home and you were taught a Christian worldview from the very early age, but yet you didn't become a Christian until you're 25. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're starting. You were still raised as a Christian in a, in a lot of ways. You still experience the grace of the church, and probably you probably know a lot of the Word of God. You probably were taught ethics and biblical ethics and biblical morality, so you probably have a, somewhat of a Christian worldview. Yeah. So you're starting out like two miles down the road, mm -hmm. as opposed to a person who comes to faith in, in, from an Islamic family. Yeah. Okay or a person that comes to faith from an atheistic family, yeah. or a person that comes to faith in a, uh, here's a, of a, of a people that say they're Christians, but in reality, you know, mom's an alcoholic and dad sleeps around with a bunch of different women and, and they can watch whatever they want to watch on TV and listen to whatever they want to listen to TV. And there's a lot of chaos and brokenness and hurt in the family. When that person comes to faith, all of these people are starting like day one of the Christian life for them isn't on, they're not at the same level yeah. of their sanctification. Some of them by, by right of their story and, and family are actually further sanctified than others. Mm. And what's interesting is we're not judged based on anybody else's story. We're judged based on our own story and our own. So what I mean by that is Little church boy comes to comes to know Jesus, right? He already doesn't cuss, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say this: he already doesn't cuss. He already doesn't do you know sell drugs, do certain things. The person A comes out of 
drug dealing and chaotic family and cussing like crazy and all just just the chaotic upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. Day one, he's a Christian. He's still dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> he might be still selling drugs. He might be st- And so day two, he meets with the pastor. What is the pastor, what's the... What is the next step in this guy's sanctification? Okay? More than likely, it's going to be something like, do you understand the story of Scripture? Mm -hmm. Do you understand who God is, who you are? Maybe it's an invitation to the church. Right? More than likely, he's not going to go, hey, listen, you got to stop. You got to stop cussing. You got to stop selling drugs. You got to stop. He's probably not just going to go down this huge laundry list of things. Now, he might. And maybe maybe he would, maybe that's a good thing to do. And that guy, but that guy's probably going to struggle. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and this also answers for us the question: like, why are some Christians not good people? Why are there some non-Christians who are better people than Christians? Well, ultimately, usually it has to do with where you started. Yeah. Right. Where that where that Christian began. Mm. The process of sanctification means who I was when I came to faith, I will continually get more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that is determined on where I, where I started. Yeah. Right? Think about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross got saved, but his sanctification <laughs> was like three hours long. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he died, he didn't look much like Jesus. He maybe only, the only thing that looked like Jesus was he actually cried out, he actually cried out in humility. Yeah. That's probably the only yeah. fruit of, of the Spirit's work in his life, mm-hmm. right? So we all start out in different places, and, and so we need to understand that when we're thinking about um, sanctification. Yeah. <clears throat> so our lusts are more and more weakened and mortified, mm-hmm. okay? And they, us are more and more quickened and strengthened in all saving graces. We got a text for that? Yeah, Colossians 1, 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Mm. So as we are sanctified, God strengthen us with his grace to resist certain lusts, and sins, mm-hmm. and vices. Yeah. And so, like I said before, you come to faith from a non-Christian. So when I came to faith, I was, I was pretty much raised in a Christian home. So when my dad told me, hey, 10% of everything you make goes back to God, I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And I just tithed, right? I started tithing from the get-go. But when a person from an un-Christian background right? A secular background comes to faith. Giving their money is a huge deal, right? That's a, that's a huge deal. Now the Lord is going to strengthen them in that. And, but it, it might take six months. It might take a year. It might take a couple years for, for the Lord's work to bring them to the place where they are strengthened enough to see that God owns everything and it's all his and what he's done for me. And now I can freely give of my own resources, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so we are strengthened as we grow in maturity, as we grow in our understanding of the word. Um, And so certain temptations might be, uh, we might 
uh, we might outgrow them. Yeah. We, we might outgrow them, let's say. We're never, we'll never outgrow all temptations, right. but we might outgrow certain temptations. Okay? Like, I'll, you know, like, I have no desire whatsoever to, to smoke weed. I have no desire whatsoever to use illicit drugs. Like, I, I, I just don't, yeah. right? But there's other people that that might, that might be a constant struggle mm-hmm. their, their entire life, yeah. right? But there's some, so I've talked, so a brother uh, in your missional community talked to me, used to be an alcoholic, used to do all this kind of stuff, and the Lord has completely taken that desire away from him, and he can be around people drinking, and he can be around people doing stuff like that, and it doesn't bother him. Praise yeah. God. Praise God, right? Yeah. And, but, but there's some people that the weaker brother principle, like if they struggle with alcohol, we're not going to drink around them, right? right? right. The Bible tells us specifically to do that. But the goal isn't to always be a weaker brother. Yeah. The goal is to be sanctified and grow up in, into maturity like our brother, where you can actually be in the presence of people drinking and not be tempted, yeah. Yeah. right? That's, that's the ultimate goal. Mm, for sure. All right. Okay, so all of this is happening. What's the goal of this? To the practice of true holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Text. Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, what, what text was that? Galatians 5, 24. I think that was earlier. So I, I was looking for either 2 Corinthians 7, 1 or Hebrews 12, 14. I'll pull up Hebrews. Yeah. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 14. Yep. Strive for peace with everyone. For the holiness without which no or and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Okay. So holiness, when we think about holiness, holiness is God's greatness and God's goodness kind of combined. Mm. His greatness that He's above anything we could possibly think. Mm. He's different than us, He's other, He's all powerful, omnipotent. And then His goodness, He's there's no imperfections in Him. Yeah. He is the ideal mm-hmm. for everything. Okay? Now, because of who he is, he's holy, we can't stand in his presence until we are holy. Yeah. Now, the process of sanctification, it's, we call it progressive sanctification. We're constantly being made into the image of Jesus. Yeah. We'll never reach pure holiness in this life until Jesus Christ and we either die or Jesus Christ comes back and makes us new. Yeah. Totally, right? Mm-hmm. But it's meant to be progressive. It's meant to be ongoing. And no one is justified without also being sanctified. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, now listen, justification comes first and sanctification second. We don't want to base our justification on our sanctification. So we don't want to be like, oh, I must not be saved because I sinned again. Mm. No, 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 no. Christ died for us and, and, and we believe in Jesus Christ and that's what justified us. But we can't just say, hey, I'm justified, so I'm going to sin and I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. Any person that, cons- that persists in sin, you know, should not have any, should not have confidence, like consistently persistent, should not have confidence in their, in their salvation if they're willfully doing it. Now, there is that, 
I do what I don't do, want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. There is that. If you're fighting against it, but you're losing the battle, hey, that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. But if you're not fighting against your sin, then you should not feel like, you should not think that you're justified. Yeah. Mm. Because any person who's justified is going to progressively be sanctified. Mm. All right, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Yeah. First John, right? And so, and, and James tells us, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So justification without sanctification is dead, yeah. Yeah. right? So we, we should be growing um, in our likeness of Jesus. This is the purpose of discipleship. This is why we, we, we uh, prioritize reading our Bibles, praying, being in Christian community, coming to the gathering, listening to the liturgy, being, listening to the sermons, um, you know, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, turning from our sins, confessing our sins, being in fight clubs. This is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. We want to be sanctified because God is making us holy. And, and as we're being made holy, he's going to finalize that process of sanctification in what we call glorification or what scripture calls glorification. And that's when we will be made holy Mm. and we will see God as he is. Now, C.S. Lewis says, listen, this isn't, this isn't just gas. He calls it, he says, this isn't in, uh, in, um, mere Christianity. He says, this isn't just idealistic gas. When God says he's going to make us into God's little lower G and he's going to make us perfect as he is perfect, he's like, that's not just talk. It's not just bull crap. He's spinning. If we stay with God, if we stay in relationship with Christ, you know, like if we don't give up and turn away and all the things that we're tempted to do, he's going to make us like he is himself. Yeah. Yeah. Into, he calls it little Christ's, little C, little Christ. He's going to glorify us. He's going to sanctify us. He's going to make us holy. And this is a great promise of the Christian. It gives us hope. It gives us major hope, man. Yeah. Like, even though I might have to deal with my sins my whole life, well, I'm, I mean, I will. And there are certain sins that, so some sins that I might get victory over and not struggle with ever again. There are certain sins that I'm probably going to always struggle with, but eternity, can you imagine eternity if eternity was just, so imagine if we live forever and you just always had your sins. Mm. You never got over your lusts. You never got over your insecurities. Can you imagine your insecurities times a million years? Mm. Your lust times a million years, right? Mm. Your fear times a million years. Your guilt times a million years. That's hell on earth. I think that's why God put the angels up at the Garden of Eden and wouldn't let the wouldn't let Adam and Eve eat of the not uh, eat of the tree of life anymore. Mm-hmm. He kicked them out because now that they knew sin, now that they were sinful, if they ate of the tree of life, they would live forever like a vampire mm-hmm. in this broken world. Yeah. No, death is actually a gift to us because at death is where we are renewed and restored, and we are separated completely from our sinful nature mm-hmm. and we're made holy and we get to stand in the presence of God and we don't have those sins and insecurities and all that, all that stuff. Right? That's good. Amen. It's good stuff. Where are we at, Kev? 27 minutes. 27 minutes. All right. Perfect. All right. So that's the process of sanctification. And that is article one from the Westminster confession of faith. Um, 
we hope that you are putting into practice the means of grace, reading God's word on a daily basis, praying, consistent Christian community that can challenge you and love you and shepherd you where you're at, the liturgy on Sunday morning, the preached word of God, um, all of the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, all of these are meant to help sanctify you. So hopefully you can look at your life and you can see the work of Jesus and you can see from 10 years ago, you're a much different person than you are today. And that's evidence that the spirit of God is at work in you and that one day he will 100% make you holy sheerly by his grace. And that's such good news. So guys, if you have any questions on sanctification, email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. God bless you. Hopefully this helped you.